Welcome back to our podcast or podcast as we like to call it. And we have a very special guest that we are so excited about. And it is author AJ Jacobs. Thank you, author. Yes, 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 yes. And so to incorporate to our discussion, um, we did kind of the month of love with February. One of Poe's loves is ciphers or was ciphers, cryptograms, things like that. So we decided to incorporate that for this month's podcast. And so um, we have his book right here and it is phenomenal. Loved reading it. Thank you. Um, just immersed myself in it. And so, um, AJ, if you want to like talk a little bit about yourself for a minute, yeah, give us a little intro into you. Yes, absolutely. I am a, uh, I live in New York City. I'm a writer, nonfiction writer, mostly write books, um, mostly where I try something out for a while, uh, like a lifestyle, and then report back what I learned, how it made my life better, how how it made my life weirder. Uh, <laughs> So for instance, one I did before this was called Thanks a Thousand, where I went around the world and I thanked a thousand people who had anything to do with my morning cup of coffee. Wow. Uh, so there were baristas and farmer, or the, the logo designer, the truck driver, mm-hmm. the folks who built the road for the truck driver and so on. Um, but I've always loved puzzles. I'm a huge puzzle nerd. And so I decided during quarantine, why not? spend a couple of years deeply immersed in puzzles and all kinds of puzzles, crossword puzzles, jigsaws, Sudoku, logic puzzles, and ciphers, uh, which is where I ran across Edgar Allan Poe. I've been a fan of his writing, um, but I didn't know this, this aspect to him that he was a, like a cipher genius uh, so I, I wrote a little about it. It's, it's sort of a small section in the book, but, uh, it's a, it's a fascinating side to this writer that I didn't know about. A- absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, and that, that's kind of like our whole reason for the six degrees of Edgar Allan Poe, because he has so many areas that people don't realize most people focus on just the horror. And so um, we both love puzzles. Mm-hmm. And um, what so, kind of puzzles do you like? Well, uh, it's kind of kind of neat. Um, I've been doing jigsaw puzzles since I was young with my father. And it, that was kind of like our thing we would do, like see how fast we could get it put together. Um, sometimes my husband and I have some friends that we go visit. They have a house um, not far from here in Jasper, Tennessee. So they'll have us, you know, come visit and we we do a puzzle for the whole weekend and they get a really hard one. We brought them one. And so that's really kind of a fun thing. But I love crosswords, Sudoku. I love ciphers, you know, hidden messages. Um, what about you? Well, I've been doing crosswords most of my life. That was been always my pastime. My parents got me into it. Uh, I love jigsaw puzzles also. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're little, you love to throw them out all over the floor. Yes. And then you're like, oh, I have to hunt for them. <laughs> I have to fight the cats usually. Give me that back. But uh, but when I was teaching, especially when I was teaching math or, or anything, I would always use logic puzzles. No, that way they would have to mm-hmm. use the the other parts of their brains to try to figure things out mm-hmm. and think of it logically. And then anagrams, especially yes. in English, mm-hmm. we use those to help them learn more about 
the different types of words and all that. Mm -hmm. So puzzles and ciphers, definitely cryptograms, anything that makes me want to figure out things to, yes. un, you know, the unpuzzle. Yes. Well, I mean, mysteries too are a puzzle. So in a yes. sense. Absolutely. And that's probably say, one of my favorites. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yes. I, and I I don't know if Edgar Allan Poe actually did crossword puzzles. I didn't see any mention of it. Do you I know? Have, I do not know. And that's one thing I'd like to research. Um, there are, uh, I was going to say, Chris Sempner is the curator of the Poe Museum in Virginia. And I met him back at the Poe Fest in October last year in Baltimore. Mm -hmm. And so I thought about reaching out to him to see if he uh -huh. does know. Because I was like, if anybody right. does, he would, would probably know or figure it out. So well, I will say, um, whether or not he did them, he is huge in crosswords. Because he's got a very good crossword name, a lot of vowels and a lot of common letters like uh -huh. L and N. So I've seen yeah. Poe as an answer. I've seen Allen as an answer. I've seen the Edgars. They always uh -huh. say mystery award, literary mystery award, the Edgars. So he uh, he lives on in crosswords. He does. He definitely does. Yeah. And the Edgars that you've just brought up actually came to be because of murders in the Rue Morgue with DuPine because of the, you know, in the gold bug, especially right. mm -hmm. when he put that type of cipher in the actual story. Right. So that's kind of when the Edgars came into existence was because of that. Mm -hmm. So oh, there's I that didn't... tie with what you do with the puzzles. Exactly. Too. Yes. Right. And I was going to say, AJ has been, um, I can't remember exactly which one it was in the New York Times crossword puzzle. That is true. I start the book with an anecdote about yes. how about mm -hmm. six, seven years ago, I was the answer to one down. Uh, yes. The clue was author of the know-it-all, AJ Blank. And it was me, oh, AJ cool. Jacobs. And that, so I thought so too. I, <laughs> you know, as a word nerd, I thought this is the highlight of my life. This is- Yes! My <laughs> wedding is pretty good, but this, this is great. And then I got an email the next day from my brother-in-law who wrote a very brother-in-law email. <laughs> he did congratulate me. He did. I will say that. But he also pointed out that I was in the Saturday puzzle. And if you know the New York Times, the puzzles Sunday. get harder and harder. And yes. Saturday is the hard, harder than Sunday. Yes. And all the answers are totally obscure. So his point was, this is not a compliment. This is just <laughs> proof that no one knows who you are. Like, no. You're totally obscure. So that was uh, that was a crushing that was a jab. Book. Yes. Oh, yes. I will say that the final twist of the story is I told that tale on a podcast, and it happened that one of the crossword puzzle makers from the New York Times was listening, and he oh, cool. did me a favor and put me in a Tuesday puzzle. So oh, I nice. was able to get in, even though I don't really belong there. I'm not famous enough to be in a Tuesday puzzle, <laughs> but uh, I slipped in nonetheless. Well, that's good. Yes. Well, <laughs> and, and, and I was going to say, tell you um, some uh, other Poe friends of ours. They do uh, Poe movies. Um, my husband and I were just in Pittsburgh and that's where they live. And we met up with them for uh, dinner uh, while we were there. And their son is just like, 
in love with ciphers and can't get enough of them. And so I told her and she already knew about your book. They're um, working on a little video about uh, Edgar Allan Poe and ciphers and things. And they shared an article about your book. And so I told her, I said, you've got to get your son the book. He's going to love it. And I said, oh, he's got puzzles you. in it. And so just um, she was so she was really excited to hear that. That's great. Yeah. And we have a, a Poe cipher, of course. I couldn't, yes, yes. couldn't resist. Yes. Um, well, so what um, I was going to say, looking at all my questions, what did you find intriguing kind of about Edgar Allan Poe's, like the cipher he put in the gold bug and just his contest, you know, out to the public and things like that? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I think he was a fellow um, whether or not he did crosswords, he was a, a puzzle junkie. He was, mm -hmm. he was a word nerd. Yes. Um, I know that he wrote in, in something, he wrote defending puns because uh, some yes. people say puns are the lowest form of humor, but Edgar Allan Poe defended them. Mm -hmm. He he also was excited. I read in the New Yorker that he, um, that he was excited that his name could be anagrammed. So mm -hmm. um, Edgar Poe can be anagrammed to a God peer. So. Oh, interesting. Is, okay. Yeah. He was on the left. <laughs> yeah, quite, yeah, quite <laughs> show that he, uh, so that was exciting. And he, um, uh, but also one of his true loves was ciphers. As you say, he put one in the gold bug variations. Mm -hmm. uh, he was also a columnist for, for two newspapers. Yes. That are not, not, maybe they're still around. I am not a subscriber. Yeah. Alexander. I I don't think they are, but maybe I, I think one of them might be. Yeah. But I think or well, maybe a different Graham's quarterly Graham's, Graham's uh, weekly messenger. Magazine. Graham's yes. weekly, and yeah. Alexander's weekly messenger. Messenger, so, yes. And yes. he did um ciphers for both of them. And in fact, he did a challenge to his readers. He yes. you know, as I said, he had a he had a healthy ego and he said, I can yes. crack any cipher you send me. <laughs> And uh, and so he challenged the readers to send him ciphers. And just for those, because I actually wasn't 100% clear on what a cipher was. So just okay. to make it clear, it's basically when you take a, um, a sentence and you change the letters uh, so that it's hidden and mm -hmm. the meaning is obscured and you have to decode the cipher. And there are various ways to decode ciphers. The most common is called frequency analysis. Okay. Mm -hmm. Certain letters in the English language are much more frequent than others. E mm -hmm. is more frequent than Q or J. Mm -hmm. So if you are given a cipher where it's, you know, 100 letters and 18 of them are Q, then you say, you know what? maybe this Q is not a Q, it's an mm -hmm. E or an A or an N, and you work your way back from there. Other ways to crack it are looking at, if it's a one-letter word, often that means it's A or I. Mm -hmm. If it's um, an apostrophe and then a, a letter, then that might be S. So there are, there are all these strategies, and he was brilliant at it. Uh, so yes. he um, he challenged the readers to send him ciphers which they did and he um 
he would then crack them and print the answers in the in the following and and he is the first time he did he was very dismissive he's like this was too easy come on (laughs) (laughs) yes um and then the interesting twist was he uh he stopped the contest after a couple of uh, maybe a year Mm -hmm. Uh, but there were two ciphers that he said that he cracked but he never printed the answer he never uh he just Mm -hmm. never i don't know whether he didn't get around to it or he wanted to keep it mysterious so you wonder (laughs) (laughs) so these things were uncracked for decades and finally in 1991 a, a professor at the university of chicago cracked one of the codes the text turned out to be a passage from um the the play Cato by Joseph Addison. Oh, interesting. The second cipher wasn't decoded for another nine years. And it was finally um, a guy named Gil Broza, who's a Toronto engineer, finally figured out the right answer. And what I love is I got to meet Gil Broza. Oh, cool, cool. He's a member of one of the nerdiest uh, groups uh, in the United States, probably the world, called the National Puzzlers League. Oh, uh, Nate. Okay. About 700 members, and they are just like crazy obsessed with puzzles. And they okay. are the type who like, you know, even the Saturday New York Times crossword puzzle is mm-hmm. too easy. It's like, wow. <laughs> So they are way over my head. They are much better than me, but they let oh, me. Oh, definitely me too. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that was fun, and and then I did print one in the um, in my book, which turned out yes. the actual cipher itself was a riddle. So that was like an extra level, it's like a puzzle within a puzzle. Yes, it was a puzzle within kind a of puzzle. like a dream within a dream. Exactly. <laughs> there you go. Yes. Oh, very cool. Well, do you think that, because it's kind of supposed that Poe did put possibly more ciphers, you know, in his other works, do you, do you think that he probably did and nobody has just figured it out? Oh, I love that idea. I hope that's true. I hope it's true too. I kind of want to like tackle some of them and, and see, cause I know yeah. in the, we, we talked about this the other day, one of his poems, of his poems uh, there's a lady's name woven into it. It's like um, the first line, first letter is the first letter of her name and then so forth, so on like second line, second letter. And he did that. And so a kind of similar to acrostic, but a little not, yeah. you know, but um, I, yeah, I kind of want to look and dig someday when I have time yeah, and see if, he, fun. if there's anything we could possibly find. <laughs> it certainly sounds very Poe-like. Yeah. I, I do know uh, another writer that I covered in the book was Lewis Carroll. Uh, yes. Alice in Wonderland. Yes, he was also a huge puzzle nerd and hid all sorts of puzzles. And I talked to this one Lewis Carroll scholar, uh, Carroll studies, and he was his greatest achievement in life, he considers, was that he he found a secret code in uh, through the looking glass that no one else had found. Wow. Like 10 years ago. And it was, he said, when he found it, he's he like 
I said, he almost fell off his chair in excitement. And it is <laughs> so arcane and and obscure, but I'll tell it to you. It was uh, that um, it was the Queen of Hearts was talking about her birth birthday okay. uh, and how old she was. Okay. And he said that if you calculated the number of days, she said she was, you know, 81 and a half years old mm -hmm. or something. And if you calculated the number of days and then doubled them because she was a twin, okay, then that number was the same as the number for 42 squared. And for okay. 42 is Lewis Carroll's favorite number. He was obsessed with it and he hid it throughout all of his books. Yes. So that was to me, I was like, <laughs> that could be in one sense, it is probably like the greatest waste of human time. Yes. <laughs> figuring this out. And in another sense, he's a hero to me. That Absolutely. And I was going to say, and I think you mentioned this in the book too, with 42 with Douglas Adams. It's like, yeah. is that where he got mm. that? You know, you wonder. <laughs> There's a controversy. That oh, is yeah. a, a heated debate within Cat Lewis Carroll scholar circle. Yes. Oh my gosh. That is really, really neat. Um, so kind of kind of moving a little away from Poe, but um, you know, with you immersing yourself into all the different types of puzzle worlds, what do you think makes humans so fascinated with solving different types of puzzles, just from your experience? I think we were born to solve puzzles. We are wired to solve them. I mean, we get, I think the first puzzle was how do you get food and how do you get yeah. a mate? So I think that our brains are wired to hit us with dopamine or whatever good stuff our yeah. brains create when we come up with them. And I think that's what makes us human is that we can come up with, uh, with unusual solutions to mm -hmm. puzzles. So, you know, getting the, the termites out of a termite mound uh, with a stick like that is a puzzle. And, and what I love and a lot of people seem to love about puzzles is that, you know, life can be messy. So there's not always that one clean solution, but mm -hmm. with puzzles, it's almost the platonic ideal. You've got that. You do have one solution, you know, it's there. You sort of have a little, uh, 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 a little um, sort of stretch of time where you're struggling and mm -hmm. feeling hopefully positive frustration as opposed to really annoyed frustration. Yes. <laughs> uh, and then you get the aha moment. And that's what puzzle lovers talk about, the aha moment. And I think you get that too at the end of a mystery when, uh, you know, an Agatha Christie or a Poe and it's mm -hmm. revealed and you're like, Oh, it all clicks into place. And, you know, I could have yes. seen this, I should have seen that. And, yeah. and it's creating order out of chaos is another yes. way that people talk about it. Yeah, most definitely. Most definitely. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And it, it, it's such satisfaction too when you are reading a mystery um, mm -hmm. and you you actually did solve it. And then, you know, uh, and it confirms because yeah. I've read all of the Agatha, Agatha Christie novels and it's been a while and I'm thinking about rereading them just because I was a teen when I did it. Right. And, you know, I remember only solving a couple of them and I was just like, yes, this is awesome. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm thinking I, like her. <laughs> it is a huge 
yeah, a huge delight when you solve it. And I don't know if this happens to you, but sometimes I delude myself into thinking at the end, I was like, oh yeah, I totally knew that. Even yeah. though I didn't, I somehow convinced myself, yeah, that was one thing I was thinking about. And so I kind of knew it, I guess I, I got it. Yeah, I have done that before. And I'm like, no, I didn't do that. I just, I want to believe I did that. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and think about it. We wouldn't have the science that we have today if mm -hmm. we didn't have like the ancient Greeks or the Chinese or the Egyptians that really just delved into the puzzle of life. Right. And started sure. asking questions of for gravity and for the eureka moments mm -hmm. of wow why did that happen you know why did the apple fall off the tree yeah or why did someone you know grow tall like this or short like this and mm -hmm. because science in itself is the epitome of the perfect puzzle yeah i totally agree and yeah. you brought up the eureka moment and as i i imagine you know that that was one of the original puzzles and i, yes. I think it was archimedes uh, uh the greek yes. mathematician Mm -hmm. And I'm going to, I may, I may botch this story so you can correct me, but I believe <laughs> it was the king wanted to know the volume of the crown, like how much, um, the, you know, was it, uh, it, you know, how much the volume was and it was a weirdly shaped object as mm -hmm. crowns are. And Archimedes was thinking, how can I do this? He's like, all right, so I got to take a break. And he took a bath. And when he yep. got in the bath, he saw that the water rose and that the water rose the exact amount that he was, his volume was, because he displaced the water. And that's when he said, Eureka, which means I found it. So that is one of the first puzzles ever. Yes, that's really yes, cool. It was. And, and what's really kind of neat too, tying into this is that Poe's work of science is called Eureka. He titled mm -hmm. it that. I did not know that. Yes, yes. And it is believed that he did put some ciphers in Eureka. So oh, I have, yeah. I have read it. It is very deep entrenched into science and his beliefs mm -hmm. on science. Like, um, What are some of the topics he covers in Eureka? Oh, I'm trying to remember. It's been a while since I've read it. Um, it's a lot about um, the physics yeah. mostly, or um, I it, think it's forensics and physics and, and most of the major sciences and, yeah. of like science or space and constellations. It's very interesting. Um, it doesn't definitely scientists that have you know proven different things that read it do not agree with it. I'll definitely say that just some of the things I've read, but <laughs> well, he, he, but it was, he considered it one of his great works because really? it was his version of, of his science. So oh, well, that's so, um, by the way, just throwing this out, cause it occurred yeah. to me, I live a block away from Edgar Allan Poe street. Oh, wow. very cool. In New York City, 84th Street is yes, named Edgar Allan Poe Street because he oh, lived nice. here apparently for yes. a little bit. Yes. Yeah. What did Virginia he do here? Yeah, she she actually died. Um, the the cottage uh, in Fordham before it became the Bronx yeah. is where uh, they lived, and they moved there to kind of get away because back then it was out in the country, mm -hmm. and that's actually where she died there in um, 1847. 
And so, yes, and I've been to the cottage. It's really neat. Um, And they have a lot of the things uh, kept just like it was when they lived there. Wow. Yeah, it's really neat. Check that out. Yeah. And then right, uh, it's called Poe Park. And there's a bench in Poe Park where Batman was born. That where there there were the yeah, the guy who wrote yes. Batman he was sitting on that bench when he had the Eureka moment yes oh, and wrote Batman wow. so it, that's that's why everything just connects so yeah, just sure. intertwines <laughs> it's a puzzle universe. it is yes that's right I wonder if he was thinking Raven black animal and then yeah the bat let's give Poe credit for that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we agree with that. We agree with that. Yeah. And, and so besides like uh, Lewis Carroll's works, have you run across any other books that you've read that incorporate like ciphers or puzzles, riddles, things like that? Other than Jane Austen. Yeah. Yeah. A mystery. Jane well, Jane okay. Austen was a huge fan of okay. um, riddles. Uh, they were called charades. Uh, oh, okay. That, and we think of charades as the game where you don't talk and yes. you do syllable by syllable, but the original charades are actually written down. Um, and uh, so every line of a poem was a clue to a different syllable. So if, okay. if the syllable was, uh, I'm just making this, if the, yeah. if the word was elbow, okay, the first line of the poem might be about you know, a Chicago train that, that goes yes. up in the sky. And yes. the second line might be about, you know, what you wrap your presents with. And it's okay. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah, so she was into that. There okay. were, um, Tolkien has a lot of riddles. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Harry Potter has a lot of riddles and a lot of anagrams. Uh, I know okay. that Voldemort is, uh, uh translate tom, tom riddle literally his last yeah, name was well, riddle. True. <laughs> there you go exactly yeah. yeah so yeah there's a there's a lot of uh puzzle loving writers and um uh yeah so poe is not uh he has plenty of company yes absolutely now you said you used the quarantine time to use this as your opportunity to research and find all this Kind of what was your first starting point to figure out how you can put a book together about puzzles and everything? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, I, for me as a writer, mm-hmm. and I don't know, Poe, what his, uh, what his uh, process was. But for me, mm-hmm. I, before I start a book, I need to have a structure. So, mm-hmm. for instance, my first book was about reading the encyclopedia and what I learned and, and what my life was like. And I realized I can do it chapter A, chapter B, chapter C, and I can put words in mm-hmm. chapter that relate to. So if I'm talking about my relationship with my father, I might put it under Freud, comma, Sigmund. And to okay. have a very strict structure. So for this okay. one, my structure was twofold. First, I thought there are all of these types of puzzles that have huge communities totally devoted to them mm-hmm. you know there's the jigsaw fanatics there's the crossword fanatics but there's also the japanese um wooden box fanat the puzzle oh, yeah. box fanatics mm-hmm. and these are these beautiful wooden boxes that you that take hours to open and they're secret panels and, and so neat <laughs> most definitely uh, yeah so it's cool so anyway i was like i can just do um 
18 chapters on these 18 different types of puzzles. Okay. And then the other thing I wanted to do um, was what Poe did, which was to embed puzzles within the book. Yes. So there is, there is secret puzzles hidden in the book. Um, there are not so secret puzzles where, you know, it's like, here's the first crossword puzzle and you get mm -hmm. to solve the first crossword puzzle. So that was, uh, that was how I came up with the idea. Very neat. Has anyone solved your contest yet? It has been solved. I'm afraid. Okay. Awesome. So this was, awesome. This was, yes, in the book. Uh, I was inspired by another book. Do you, I don't know if you remember, maybe you're not old enough, but the, um, this book uh, Masquerade by Kit Williams and it came I've out. I've heard of it. I think I've read heard it. of it too. Yes. haven't read it, but I know what you're talking about. Yes. It was, it's a, I read it as a kid because it came out in like, I guess, 1981 and okay. it was a British book uh, with beautiful illustrations and weird poetry and hidden in the illustrations were clues to an actual buried treasure, uh, a golden nice. hare, a golden rabbit somewhere in England. And it actually caused chaos all over England. People were okay. digging everyone's yards, trespassing you know, falling off cliffs. It was like a, it was not, uh, oh my goodness. Yeah. Well, I don't so, think you don't want to have to I don't want answer the, for. Right. I don't want that liability. So uh, someone did find that after a couple of years. Uh, so, but I love the idea of hiding a puzzle with a prize in my book. Okay. Uh, so I did, I didn't do it. Yeah. I didn't want to bury it and get um, people's yards dug up. So mine right. <laughs> Uh, you had to decode a cipher in the in the introduction to the book. And then once you did that, it would lead you to a website where once you put the password into the website, it opened up to a series of 27 crazy puzzles that I did not make. Wow. My friend oh. Greg Swiska made. And they are on still. I, can't, I loved them so much. I kept them up. Uh, and you don't even have to buy the book um, okay. if you don't want to. But if you want some free, awesome puzzles, uh, try thepuzzlerbook.com. Okay. And um, and it'll give you hints to the password if you don't want to try to figure it out. And then okay. once you put the password <laughs> in, uh, it'll open up to these crazy puzzles that are okay. so delightful. And they're all about the history of puzzles. So it's like... Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah, puzzles about puzzles. Okay. Oh, that that is amazing. That is awesome. Yes. Yeah, thanks. Greg Pliska and his team did it. Uh, and they, yeah. uh, they did an amazing job. Yeah, we'll Very definitely cool. have to check that out, oh, yeah. and we'll share that um, with our like on with our, our people. yes, 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 on our yes. I think they'll enjoy it, and and also the Poe the Poe cipher, um, which yes. I actually wrote a mental floss article. So if they don't want to buy the book, which I hope they do, absolutely, yes, it's it is a to. very good read. I loved it. Yes, um, but you can also Google mental floss Edgar Allan Poe cipher. Okay. And, uh, it will give you an article about, uh, you know, his his crazy cipher contest. Okay. Oh, awesome, awesome. Definitely look that up too. Yes. Yes, we will. Anything else you want to add for the puzzlers of the world out there? Let me think. Well, I just want to say thank you for doing the podcast. I yes, mean, I thank you. I've thank listened you. to several episodes and yeah. I think it's great. And I just think it's great that 
you're passionate about literature and books and words and mysteries and puzzles so uh well, thank so you um we're yeah. well she's a retired teacher and she's yeah. taught all four of the Subject, four subjects, subjects yeah. and i'm wow. i am a current freshman english teacher in a high school wow and so it comes it, it words come natural to yeah. us <laughs> yeah the puzzle yeah. of life comes very natural to teachers because we yes. have to puzzle out the life of our children yes. that we have in the classroom because each day you don't know what you're going to get yes so, yeah. Yeah. yeah but it's well, fun a very it's hard fun. puzzle it's and, a hard puzzle yeah yes, yes. and an ever-changing puzzle and i know like whenever <laughs> like I, I do like just mini lessons with grammar because they really don't want us to do like hour and a half long episodes of it and our episodes I lessons <laughs> it's like an episode each episode. Yeah, yes. yeah, yes. it's an episode. but um i always start with grammar is the math of english mm -hmm. and the kids who are math brained they get that and they understand it a little bit better because they can kind of attack grammar in a little bit different way because of all the set rules that grammar has Mm. And it helps them embrace it more because the, the students who are definitely literature minded and more um, word sensical, they don't mind grammar so much. But yeah. you really have to, it's, you got to kind of tweak your kind of um, sales pitch, I guess is the best right. way to say it, in trying to get kids to understand grammar because, you know, totally. you're going to become a better writer regardless of whatever you do. And, yeah. you know, I always tell kids, you're going to write the rest of your life. It's going to be reports at work, emails. You need to know how to yeah. communicate. Yeah. yeah. You know, my favorite grammar puzzle or riddle or uh, mystery, I, you probably heard of it. The, um, the sentence, buffalo, 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 buffalo is a grammatically correct sentence in English. Interesting. I don't think I've heard of that one. Oh, yeah. Google it. There's yeah, a I will. Because yeah. it is, I mean, it's hilarious. It's part of, <laughs> some of them are capital <laughs> buffalo. So basically, right. it's using buffalo. Buffalo's from the city of Buffalo. Okay. And there's buffalo, the verb, which means to kind of harass. or Yes, bang. yes. So it is, yes, and and they've structured it in a way that using those three different meanings of buffalo, this is actually a sentence that makes sense. Buffalo, 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 buffalo. Interesting. That's cool. That is really yeah. cool. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. <laughs> you can use that in class next time. I can absolutely. <laughs> All right. Well, AJ, thank you yeah. so much for your time. I know you said you're on a writing deadline and everything, and we just appreciate you so much yes. taking time out for us today. My pleasure. I had a great time and, uh, and thank you again. All right. Thank and we look you. forward to more books from you. Yes. So. I'm going to go yeah. look into other books you've read too, because you are an amazing writer. And I mean thank that you. sincerely. Yes. Thank you. You I have an honored. awesome day and thank you for joining us. Yes. My pleasure. All right. Thank bye. you. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. In the present case, indeed, in all cases of secret writing, the first question regards the language of the cipher. For the principles of solution so far, especially as the more simple ciphers are concerned, depend upon and are varied by the genius of the particular idiom.